Hello and welcome to the Tremendously Awkward Podcast. I'm Dan Barry and uh, there's no Bill. Basically, Bill is on vacation and I came across audio from an interview we did, me and Excalibur did, not Bill, I might have misrepresented that a little bit, but an interview that Excalibur and I had done at WrestleMania New Orleans whatever year that was, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know anymore, uh, with Mikey Whipwreck, ECW Triple Crown Champion and one of my trainers, Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, the video was not good uh, for the High Spots interview. So, you know, it was sent over to me by Dan from High Spots, and he said, hey, would you want to be able to use this in a podcast? And I figured, with Bill being gone for uh, a week, rather than having a dark week on the show, let's just go ahead and put a Mikey Whipwreck interview up. It's a two-parter. This is part one. Uh, we are kicking off with Mikey being backstage for Joey Janela's spring break in New Orleans. Again, this is a, you know whatever audio we had strung together. I went through it. Uh, you might see the audio quality audio quality might bounce up and down a little bit but uh hey it's what we get well they're calling the invisible man in the back and they're talking about it and i'm thinking okay well the invisible man will do this the invisible man will do that and yeah 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 and i'm going okay i'm thinking that they have like a surprise coming mm-hmm. and they don't want to tell everybody who it is until the person gets there so i'm thinking yeah yeah and then we're getting like closer to the match and let's talk about the invisible man this can't fucking, no, no, no fucking way. Well, yeah, the Invisible Man got an entrance. The people popped like a Road Warrior pop. And people were doing spots. Remember what you, the Invisible Wrestler that you fucked around with? Yeah. Just, this I was, was a story, yeah. 15 years ago, this is what you're doing. It has become to fruition. I broke that kid in the business. You broke him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just watching this, and I'm Edie Page and Max are doing a a spot, like a double, duck a double clothesline, and then he gives a double clothesline, and they're bumping and selling. I'm like, "Uh, I, okay. And then, but the people are are fucking loving it, right? I'm going, that's interesting. And then Jimmy Lloyd comes out. And he gives the Invisible Man a pile driver, which is banned in Louisiana, apparently. And then the shoot Louisiana commission guy comes out and kicks him out. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love every minute and, of this. And I'm like, wow. It's become when everybody thought wrestling was, they didn't think it was real, but it was treated real by the boys. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, Fabe and all this, and you, the heels and the babies don't get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turned into cartoon WWF in the 80s, right? Early 90s. And then ECW came in, and we took it back to like the 60s and 70s with, with a more hardcore edge to it. And we were fucking killing each other. And then, then we got a little bit into the strong style thing we got there. And now all the fans are smart. And now that they're smarter, we do stuff that is worse 
than 80s <laughs> WWE cartoons. And they fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And I said, the next motherfucker that bitches about the fucking gobbledygooker is going to get smacked because this invisible wrestler thing and the slow motion shit, which the purest in me and the old school part of me, I start to twitch and I feel like a stroke coming on. But on the other side, the, the entertainment part of me thinks, this is the greatest fucking thing in the world. And where the fuck was this? 20 years ago. Exactly. It's, yeah. just, it's just amazing now watching so, stuff. At the Battle of Los Angeles two, three years ago, um, there's a, on, the, on the final night of the tournament, they have a, a 10 man like loser tag match. And um, Fusion Thunder Liger was in it. Probably the best spot of him. And did a slow motion spot and did a thumb up the asshole spot. And so. Hold on, Mikey. <laughs> Here's the thing. So I'm going to tell you the spot. And knowing you, you're I'm, like, I'm still wrapping my head around Jushin Liger, the greatest like, heavy junior heavyweight ever, ever, doing a slow motion spot. The way he did it, like I feel like Jushin was like, well, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it the best. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was it. That's, so... so Tomasa, Tomasa yeah, a gimmick where he used to just shove his thumb in somebody's ass to like it was like whatever some of the spot he did. He'd like lick his thumb. Yeah, and like, like a real prerequisite to the dick spot. And yes, 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 yes. And uh, Tomaso also a WWE now. Yeah, big famous wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, so so everyone knows the spot's coming. He sends Jushin turns out he goes, "You thumb my ass," and he like goes like this. Yeah. So then he, so Tomaso puts in, and then Jushin flexes, and now Tomaso's selling. <laughs> So now every other wrestler is now coming in and shoving thumbs at everyone else's ass. So you have like this train of thumbs and it's like and like Jushin Liger at the head of the conga line. So it's WWE UK champion Pete Dunne. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of pretty notable people. And as it goes and like as it goes on, like the joke becomes how everyone's putting a thumb in. And like the extent that like Chuck Taylor comes in, he's just he's just like this, like this. And then Jushin starts marching. And I don't mean more. He's just like, and everyone has to walk around as he's doing this like slow motion walk. And it was probably my favorite thing I've seen in person for so long because it's the, the PG version of the human centipede. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like wrestling is at a point now where Jushin Thunder Liger is like, sure, I'm up for that. Like, why not? It's amazing. I could, I walks. could bump. Or yeah. <laughs> I could march with a thumb in my ass for a spot, and it probably took three minutes, you know, and, and of you know. You really milk it, milk yeah. it, take your time. That's why it was. I did uh, for House of Glory. I teamed with Red against the Young Bucks, right? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's a tournament, Mikey. We'll do three matches, and I go, three matches? Are, are you crazy? I said, I can't, I can't do that. I said, let's do two. Yeah. And Red's like, oh, so so we did the match, and they all do dives, and Red does a dive, and I go to do a dive, and I look, and they have a crash pad in the corner of the room. And I go, we're getting the crash pad. And, you know, I, we talked about the spot beforehand, and Matt and Nick, they're like, I think Matt especially was like, no, no, no. No, we cannot. I said, no. I said, we're going to do crash, the crash pad. So we've been in crash pad. I would put it down, and I do the dive over the top onto the crash pad, and we got a crash pad chant. I, I told him, I said, you know what? You can do ha ha. If you're gonna do ha ha, and you're gonna believe in your ha ha, 
and you go full blown ha ha, the people will buy it. Mm, yes. But if you do like a, I'm intimidated, like ah, oh, this is dumb, and it, they're not gonna buy it. Yeah. If you just say fuck it, the, the, the fans are so smart that they'll buy it. They'll appreciate. They won't. Them. They won't buy it, right? But they'll they'll appreciate. They, they respect, respect the commitment. To, yeah. To the bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's that's what the business is now. Where you guys hate the guys going out there that are. Like last night, that ladder match they had last night mm-hmm. with the guys, and then Gargano and Ciampa had their match, and there were some pretty hefty, stiff shots in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Gar- Gargano yeah. and Ciampa's faces were like, yeah. Rolling. But they go from that, and then you go from the other guys doing like slow motion, invisible mm-hmm. match stuff, and it's the same fans, and they'll buy it. Well, like I mean, on the Spring Break show, it was a uh, PCO and Walter just beating Killing the each shit other. out of each other, yeah. each other. Yeah. And, and then the invisible Chester. man is the next match out. Yeah. It's amazing how the fans can just they just want to go. They want to have a good time, and they're gonna put themselves in on the act mm-hmm. and just enjoy it. Where they're they're not trying to be smart. Like when they started being smart in like the '90s, they're like, "Oh, we're smart. We know the gig." It's, it's like we've embraced the fact that they're smart, mm-hmm. and so well, we'll go as far as we can to entertain them. And if they're buying it, we're always gonna keep going. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see what they come up with next, because they have the the asshole spot, then Joey Ryan has the dick spot, the girl on the Spring Break show had the the vagina spot. Session off. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, man. I think T's like pulling the tampon out. And Max is fighting like the mandible claw, fighting Sako mm-hmm. to get it in. And then Ethan comes in and then they just change her and right in his mouth. Oh, oh. wrestling. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> this is the most fucked up business ever. It's funny because the Invisible Man spot, like, I remember it was, for us, it was like, Marty was Marty Gennetti was doing a seminar. I think that was the deal. Something like that. I figured what it was. But it was like a training tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just started wrestling this invisible person, and it got like people into it. And I was like, oh, cool, whatever. And now Invisible Man's getting booked on shows that I can't get booked on. So I'm just <laughs> putting it out there, guys. Yep. That you know, I gave the kid the rub. Well, my, my whole career is just helping people onto a ladder that I myself am not allowed on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really all it's ever been. <laughs> I mean, speaking of. Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty did a Canadian destroyer last year. Oh, yeah, like last the, year. The, the business is in such a bizarre place. Marty Jannetty currently is Canadian destroyer. It wasn't like Time Machine. Like the DeLorean pulled up to ringside and like 25-year-old Marty Jannetty got <laughs> out. It was current Marty Jannetty party. Right? I, I saw him and uh, he does not remember the NYWC days that well. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And... Uh, I walked up to him and I was like, uh, you know, back then he would say things like, hey man, love your work, especially the early stuff. And you're like, you've never, you've just met <laughs> me today. Yeah, like, yeah. But like that time, I was like, hey Marty, I'm like, ah, I know you don't remember me, but uh, you know, uh, we, we met back and when you did MWC in New York, he goes, yeah, I mean, we had some good times, didn't we? I'm like, that is a canned answer. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, but we did have good times with him. Yeah. He would come in. I yeah. remember we used to go to Ruby Tuesdays over in Deer Park there. Oh boy. And it was happy hour. It was two for one drinks. And Marty would come in, Miss Ma'am, Jack and Coke, and she'd, be, she'd bring two Jack and Cokes, and it was just like, what, what? Miss Ma'am, this glass got leaks. <laughs> this glass got leaks. Anyway, he would chug the next ones. And it got to a point where they would, they actually went to the front of the restaurant, like at the, at the, uh, the check-in booth there, where the hostess stands, and they had the big giant glass goblet full of matchbooks. They took this this giant goblet. And he asked her, he requested it. They put the ice in it and I don't, half a bottle of Jack and Coke, and he drank the whole fucking thing. He didn't chug the whole thing. Yeah. But he he put this down and maybe I'd say four or five sips. Yeah. And it was, Basically chugging. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He was. But it was just legend. like, 
holy shit. And he would just get more and more fucked up. And he, but he was never a dick. You know what I mean? He just he just likes to have a good time. You know, yeah. I've never seen Marty just be like an asshole when he gets drunk. He'll do some asshole things, mm. like pissing in the lobby. Uh, that, but he never the crossbody off of the dumpster. That was awesome though. <laughs> so, so that was come on. Oh, I love it. It started so, with a hip toss. <laughs> so we at very various points we would get drunk at this Ruby Tuesdays and then we'd like wrestle in the parking lot. We did all sorts of dumb shit. But like one day there's a bar and it's Marty and there's like so there's groups of people. So you have like the wrestlers and you have like non wrestlers who are not even remotely related to what we're doing. So Marty runs away, which is like standard Marty. Like he just would mm. run and disappear. Uh, and all of a sudden they turn the corner and Marty's on top of like a dumpster. And he's like, eh, hits the big cross body, but not on the fucking wrestlers. Like <laughs> 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 random people walking. And he's just he's and they're like, Ugh! It's like to them this forty seven year old man yeah, stood across body up and just leaping at them. Then he gets up and him and I are just fucking around. And he, he does the whip, he goes, reverse hip toss. So he shoots me and I come back. I reverse the hip toss, he takes a bump like a pallet from the side of the dumpster. It was someone it was someone that was fun. That was also the that might have been if it was either that day or it was a day another day where uh, I was me, Vito, and Marty in a car, and Marty was mad that White Castle didn't sell beer to him. <laughs> We're like in a drive-thru, he's like eating White, he's like eating White Castle in the back of the car, but he's like, it's like the cookie monster, where like it's chewing, but like it's all, it's all, it's all like, it's all like coming out, because yeah. he doesn't have a, <laughs> he like, he went to get out of the car at one point, he like looked at me like, went like this, like went like that to him, he just front bumped like on the car, he like busted his head open, I get out of the car, I'm like, holy shit, is he okay, and Vito's like, this literally happens every goddamn time, <laughs> he's like falling up to the house, he tried to give Vito's mom and sister to kiss, oh, it's fucking wild. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was out of his mind, it was like the devil was that we were in a, I guess there are some Denny's that serve beer. I've never, have yet to experience Yes, you have. Oh, it was a travel, travel lodge. Oh, I never got an alcohol there. Oh yeah. But I mean, the devil one time got all pissed off because it was like ten in the morning. We just we just landed and we went to Denny's and they didn't. It was a it was a beer free Denny's. Bastards. And he was very upset by this. I didn't know Denny's <laughs> sold beer. Yeah, it moves over my hand. It doesn't pair with the lager. <laughs> well, Why? I mean, have you tried it? Uh, no, but you know, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm naive. Yeah. <laughs> ah yes. <laughs> Like a cold adult beverage. Bud Light. We don't have Bud Light. Excuse me. Oh, it's with the hands. <laughs> and they, they told him he was very upset. Like, he put him in a bad mood the whole day. I, I've seen that you you kind of adopted, you, when we were training with you, you adopted this, you know, the Jedi mind trick. I've seen Raven do it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> just kind of take him out of it for a little bit. Just, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come up with? No, training us was fun. I mean, it, I could do it now with the attitude a lot of these people have now. I could, I couldn't fucking do it. I, 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 every now and then, like I'll do like a class on a Monday where it's like I just have like a select few people come in. I'm just like tweaking things because I'm like I'm on my way out. Like when I'm on my way out, I don't want to be back here like taking bumps and showing you guys. Yeah. What like I kind of want to. So it's like passing the knowledge, and as I'm doing it, you're just like. I'm like, I get Mikey now. Like, back then I'd be like, why is Mikey mad? And it's like, well, okay, this makes sense now. Like, you're not doing it right. You're not doing the way I want you to do it. I, I never got mad if you they tried. Do, I didn't do it. If they, yeah, if they tried, I, I didn't get mad. But it's when, like, I'll the Bruce people, but if, if you're being a fucking cunt <laughs> about it, you know what I mean? It's just like, listen, I don't expect you to do it right. 
but I expect you to try at least pay attention to what I'm saying. And I never, I never, and you, you guys, Alex will say, I never beat anybody up. No, ever. Ever. Now, my, I may have Burma set loose <laughs> on chop class, but you didn't beat them up physically. But mentally, <laughs> you, did, you did a goddamn number on some people. But that's what you have to fucking do. Yeah. Because in this business, it can be fucking ruthless. Especially now with online shit and everybody needs cyberbullying and all the other shit that fucking people have and they, they can't handle it. My take on it was, like, I know this business could fuck with you. And I know promoters are going to fuck with you. And people online are going to fuck with you. And if Godfrey ever go to the WWE, they're going to fuck with you. Yeah. And like I always tell my guys, like I, I tell Brian and I tell uh, Ryder yeah. and anybody else, I said, I put you guys through mental hell. I said, I mind fucked you guys until there was no fucking end. And I said, what are they going to do to you? What is somebody going to mind fuck you that I haven't already done? Or you haven't experienced them like, oh, this is fucking nothing to what Mikey was. Like, the, the physical stuff in the business is easy. Some guys took it like this. We're training them with a piece of cake. And other guys, it was a struggle. But, and my fear, was well, not my fear, but my concern was when they left me and I said, okay, go. Do your thing. That they wouldn't handle the bullshit and the, and the, and the lies and the, well, we'll give you this, we'll do this. They're all prepared for it. So that, that's the one thing I always stressed in my training was, I'm going to fucking mentally break these guys and just to make them stronger that way. Because like I said, the physical part's easy. It's all the other shit. That Wrestling is the, the only business in the world that has like this this sort of like mentality. You know, it's like in, in sports or just like... If you're like an accountant, uh, you know, like nobody's gonna come in and like pay hey, your dues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like it doesn't work. Like my my girlfriend is, you know, she's not has nothing to do with wrestling. Never, never even watched. Yeah. And then like we'll hear stories like, oh yeah, Vince McMahon just like like shoved a guy and you know like like just like you know pie pie faced him and knocked him down and it was like it was because he could and he's the boss and she's like that's an HR violation that's a nightmare I'm like yeah yeah it is but like day that's day. wrestling another day at the office. Mikey used to do my favorite thing. Well, not favorite thing. I when Mikey really started being the head trainer, he basically like be like to me like, oh, you can you start training beginners or whatever, and like help out. That's what my role was. Mikey would come in and he'd be like, we'd have to build the ring every. They had to build the ring every class, right? Because we had it under a stage in this one building. And that sucked. And that sucked. It was brutal. But every every time he started class, mm. he sort of built the ring. There were a couple classes where I'd be like, I don't like how you built that ring. Tear it down, build it again. And that was the entire class. Was yeah. still learning. Now, to some respect, people would be like, well, it's not wrestling. But to us, it was like, yes, that's exactly what this is. Because mm. that's really all you're doing. At some point, when you really think about it, like in some removing yourself from like reality sort of way, like tearing it down, building it, tearing it down, building it. Like that's all we do. Like it's every single chance you get. Mm. And people respected being in the ring after that. And I felt yeah, like they approached it differently. Yeah. Well, I guess I wouldn't let them in the ring yeah. sometimes for, for a couple months. I said, well, we're going to... I was just teaching chain, chain wrestling. That's it. That's all, and you're gonna learn on the floor, and then that's what I got from Taz and Perry. Was after you get to that point where your chain is good, okay. Now we'll get you into the ring. We'll start teaching how to run. We'll start teaching some rolls and, and things like that. So it's like they had something to to get to. Yeah. Like some people they come in and say, oh, I just want to get in the ring, and they get in the ring for one day, and then they're gone. Yeah. You bump once, you never want to do it again. Mm. If you took four, three months to get to the ring to be able to bump, suddenly that bump is a fundamentally different thing mm. for you. Yeah. It was always, always an adventure. But I don't think I can do it now. 
with, with the attitude and the way that the culture is now, mm-hmm. where you have to be nice to people all the time. But uh, that's all, that's I think the hard part is 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 conversing with civilians and being like, no, it's not. I'm not being offensive. But I'm yeah. just, and they're like, no, you are. <laughs> you just yeah. I, I I had a very hard time. Like some people, some of the boys when they go from wrestling full time, that's what they did. That was their job. To to kind of crossing over back into civilian mm-hmm. life. They have a hard time adjusting to the, oh, I got to get nine to five. I, gotta... I had no problem with that. It was my mouth mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that, that I get in trouble with. I'm like, fuck you and this, and I, I'll say. Other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other things. <laughs> I was gonna say, should love, I, should I just say it? Nope. But I have a very hard time. That was my thing, adjusting to it. Like, why are we so fucking sensitive? Like, get the fuck over it. Yeah, like this weekend has just been you know non-stop wrestling everything like all you know just seeing people you haven't seen in a million years and just like busting each other's balls and doing all that right. stuff and it's fun and it's it's a great time like everybody gets together and then when I go back to work on Tuesday like it's gonna take a very serious yes. mental shift to not be like I, hey what the yeah, fuck is wrong with you I work from home. I am so happy I did that. Because I'm just yelling at myself in the mirror at that point. Look at you, you piece of shit. No. <laughs> like, no, I understand kids. You know, you're, you know, you're a younger kid, you know, 13, 14, you're high school. And that's just fucking rough to begin with. Yeah. And that's something you got to really got to... And you're trying to figure out who the hell you are at that point. Yeah, so yeah. that, I mean, that I understand definitely being sensitive to the kids. But when you start hitting like, okay, I'm 25, 26, 27, and you're offended because someone said that, you know, you're overweight. If you're obviously overweight... Mm. Or if, if you do something, you know, and I'm, maybe it's, maybe it's just I'm old, but I'm like, I don't see the big deal on something. But you also got broken into pro wrestling where it's like your flaws, your own flaws are yelled at you by people, hundreds of people every yeah, single like, time. You, <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. Okay, well. Yeah, that, yeah. Please imagine like you were at work one yeah. day and you forget you actually. You forgot like, to carry the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot to do this. And the whole job is just stands up in unison like you fucked up. <laughs> just changes the dynamic of your business. <laughs> and Although I, you should encourage that. Yeah, <laughs> right. and now, but, now, but now I think. Okay, that's just, I think about myself personally, right? But then I think about my kids. Um, my daughter, she'll be 14 this year. And she is, she's quirky like me. She's not as fucked up as I that am. Poor girl. <laughs> but, she's, but she's quirky. And she's not, I wouldn't say she's immature, but she's, she's been kind of kept in like a little bit of a bubble. A little yeah. bit. And my fear is now that she's going to start going into high school and she's going to, that she's going to get picked on everything else. Which is then that where I start to think now, okay, take myself out of the fucking fucked up processing bubble, put myself in the real world and how these kids are feeling nowadays. And it's like, it, it does put a different spin on it. Because the first motherfucker that makes her cry, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking like, <laughs> start to go crazy. But here's, and here's the thing, though, is like when people go like, oh, kids nowadays are too sensitive. Like, that's a common statement. Like, kids nowadays are all pussies, whatever. Like, yes, like maybe us looking at it like, oh, well, like, I'll give you an example. Like, for me, like, I'm like, I don't know why kids are just like that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I realize, like, how fucked up I am, like, as a person. I'm like, I wish somebody had been, like, nice with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, because I am, like, I spent a lot of my formative years being really fucked up and doing all sorts of dumb shit because I was like, I wow. didn't know what this was. And, like, people were shitting on me. I didn't like myself. And, like, you know, like, I wish, like, as a kid, like, somebody had been as supportive as people are trying to be to these kids now. But in the same breath, it's like, but I'm okay, because you don't want to acknowledge, like, maybe I'm fucked up. <laughs> but, then, but, but then you take yourself out of it and say, okay, with all the technology now, social media, these kids, okay, you had like a bully or two at school, yeah. right? You go home. You go home and they're, 
you're, you're out of yeah. you, you might go to school and they might pick one or two people, but eventually it'll be addressed. And either it'll just they'll pick a new target if you ignore them, or you know what I mean, or or a teacher will step in and they'll take care of it. But now with social media, you can it's unless you turn off your phone, you don't go on the computer, you don't do anything. They're gonna people are gonna troll you. Yeah. You're gonna get and it's gonna be like a constant thing. So that's that's the part of me too. I'm like, well, okay, well, I don't get this so sensitive. But at the same time, I wasn't. It's twenty four seven, just constant. But yeah. You also had brothers. Yeah. So we, I mean, like, I don't know, do you have any siblings? I uh, have younger sisters. Okay. So, yeah. so I have brothers and everything. Like, it, the roasting didn't stop. I'm like, <laughs> it just, it got, it got worse. It got worse. Yeah. They yeah. found things like, like my my brother Brian, he was like, um, he's just, oh, he's the heavier of the, all of us. But he's not like a fat guy. He's just kind of like, whatever, heavier. Husky. Husky. <laughs> yeah. Hefty. Uh, he, um, his, the way his toe looks, it looks like his, is like toenail is like inside of the toe so it looks like you know like your toenail rests on top his looks like it almost wraps around right. so one day we're sitting there and i was like looks like your toe is eating your toenail and nothing bothered him more than that than one that. sentence <laughs> and like like when you're with like your family like your family can kind of like pick that one thing that you didn't even think about and it's like yeah. oh oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's definitely different nowadays yeah yeah i mean it's totally but hey, maybe if this next generation of kids come up, they are more considerate, and they may have more understanding. Maybe the world won't be so fucked up. Yeah, it'll be fucked up in a different way. Yeah, you I mean that's so. that's what it'll be. It'll be the, the, these kids will have grown up with this experience. They'll do something to change it. But then the kids that come up after them will find a new way to pick on people yeah. and fuck them yeah, up. Right, and right, right. I mean that's just yeah. the way of kids. Oh, he took my credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, that wraps up part one of the Mikey Whipwreck interview with Shut Up Excalibur. Excalibur. Uh, follow us all on social media at the Dan Barry, at Shut Up Excalibur, at WWE Dutch, and at Mikey Whipwreck with an underscore at the end. Uh, follow, go to our, our Pro Wrestling Tees sites, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Team Tremendous, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, you can go to teamtremendous.bigcartel.com to get all the shirts out of my garage, please. For the love of God, I want to get rid of them. Um, that's it. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs>